Welcome to the 4D Picture Project podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is the first episode of this podcast series, which will provide information about the 4D Picture Project. The 4D Picture Project is an international research study which aims to help cancer patients, their families and healthcare providers to better understand the care options that are available to them. My name is Dr. Amara Warsu. I am a senior clinical lecturer in palliative medicine at Lancaster University in the United Kingdom. I am working on the dissemination aspect for this project. Therefore, my role is to help increase awareness about this research and to share the outcomes and learning which emerges during the project. We are recording a podcast series over the next four years to share information about the 4D Pitch Project. This is our first podcast, which will provide an introduction and overview to the 4D Picture Project. I am delighted to be joined by senior leaders for the project. They will introduce themselves and then tell you more about the 4D Pitch Project. Yes, thank you, Ami, for having us on the, on the show. So my name is uh, Judith Rietjens. Uh, I'm a health scientist and my work focuses on improving person-centered care. I work as a professor of design for public health at the Faculty of Industrial Design of the Delft University of Technology in the Netherlands. And I also have a second position at the Department of Public Health of Erasmus Medical Center in Rotterdam. And I am one of the PIs of this project. I'm Anne Stickelbout and I'm a professor of medical decision making at Leiden University Medical Center in the Netherlands. And I also have a one day position at the Erasmus School of Health Policy and Management in Rotterdam. And I'm also one of the PIs of this project. My work has been mostly on shared decision making and patient participation. And more and more, I look now at how care is organized to support patient participation and not just look at doctor patient decision making in the consultation. Hello, everybody. My name is uh, Ida Corvage. I'm an associate professor at the Department of Public Health of Erasmus Medical Center in Rotterdam, the Netherlands. I was trained as an economist and epidemiologist. And my research and teaching focus mostly at uh, shared decision making, also advanced care planning. And involving patients in uh, research and teaching is also a key topic. I'm one of the PIs of 4D Picture, and I'm really happy to collaborate in doing so with uh, Judith and Anne. Thank you all for that wonderful introduction. So my first question is to Judith. Judith, can you tell us more about the project? So what is the 4D Picture Project? Yes, sure. Well, our project has the aim to improve shared decision making, especially in oncology and especially uh, for persons with melanoma, prostate and breast cancer. So these are the diagnoses we mostly focus on. And our team is based in nine European countries in the northeast, south and west regions of Europe. And if, if I think about it, I see two things uh, that are in particular unique about uh, our project. 
Uh, and one thing is that this is a highly interdisciplinary project with very nice interdisciplinary collaborations where we integrate healthcare research with data science, epidemiology, biostatistics, design research, health economics, implementation science, and also the social sciences and humanities. So that's really a mouthful. More about that later. And also a unique feature of the project is that we have um, collaboration with patients. So we have a very strong patient and public involvement. So really have these per perspectives at the heart of the project. Well, this problem, uh, this problem, this project was funded by uh, Horizon Europe and also by the UCRI, uh, UK funding program. Uh, with a total of 10 million euros. So it's a very big, large project that takes five years. We started last October 2020. So the project will have a duration until October 27. Thank you, Judith. So we've heard a bit about what the 4D picture project is, but Anne, I'd be really grateful if you tell us more about the actual problem that we are trying to fix in this project. Sure. Um, you did mention shared decision making already, and shared decision making is a process in which doctors and patients work together to choose the treatment that best fits that individual patient. In many countries, it is accepted by doctors and patients alike as the way to decide about diagnosis, treatment, and follow-up when there are more than one reasonable options. However, implementation is much slower than enthusiasm would make you expect. Care trajectories are often complex and difficult to understand for patients, and the information is difficult to grasp and often not tailored to the individual. For patients and their significant others, and even doctors, it is sometimes also difficult to talk about cancer and its treatment, for example, due to cultural taboos. Finally, and importantly, decision-making concerns not just a one-off moment in a consultation, but may span the entire treatment trajectory. And this was especially noted by Ingeborg Griffion, whose work lies at the heart of our project. Her husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and the complexities of his care trajectory became immediately clear. Despite their academic backgrounds, they both felt disempowered by these complexities. This made Ingeborg develop Metro Mapping, her service design approach to care path redesign, which now forms the basis of much of our work, and more about that later. Unfortunately, she herself was diagnosed with breast cancer three years later and passed away in 2022. Fortunately, after having heard about the funding of this wonderful 40 picture grant. And thank you very much for that. So we've heard about the problem and uh, how looking at shared decision making is important. But Ida, uh, can you tell us more about how this study is going to overcome those issues? Yeah, well, thank you, uh, Amy. And we will aim to overcome the issues to address the problem in a number of ways. So one of, the, one of it is that we will involve the broad expertise as mentioned by Judith, uh, and these expertise includes patients. So in eight countries, we will form PPI boards. So these are groups of people who include patients and um, patient representatives. 
And uh, of course, uh, we have eight countries, so these people will not all be fluent in English. They um, and they will be able to speak their own languages. But in all countries, the PPI boards will also have people who are fluent in English, so they can also collaborate. Uh, we will have uh, uh, input of patients in the countries and overall. Also, we want to support both patients and carers, as well as healthcare professionals in this uh, project. And we will do so in a number of ways. And we will pay attention to better predict the outcomes of treatment. Um, and these are not only the outcomes about survival, but also the outcomes about quality of life. So how will people feel if they have opted for a certain treatment or therapy? And to, to, to do so, data scientists will use modeling and they will use large data sets. But we will not only focus on the cancer and on the tumors, we will also make tools to support communication and uh, tools which are useful for patients and carers, but also for healthcare professionals. And to achieve this, we will use artificial intelligence. We will study how patients talk about their disease and talk about their experiences and see how we can use that knowledge to support the communication. Study, for instance, which, which metaphors they use. Uh, in doing so, we will, yeah, we will look at the total the design of the entire service and in the, the concept of metro mapping has a central role in our project. And Judith, could you, you can probably tell us a bit more about the metro mapping. Yes, uh, thank you, Ida. Yes, so what um, Anne already uh, introduced at the start of this podcast, uh, that is that the challenges that patients have and people have with shared decision making, they do not only relate to the decision making encounters, but also relate to how healthcare is organized. Eh? So uh, the experience lack of time, a lack of continuity of care, and also very untransparent or inefficient care trajectories. And here is why Ingeborg, the designer, came up with a methodology called Metro Mapping, in which is a service design research approach through, through which a care path of a patient can be visualized like a metro line. And after visualization, it can be optimized and redesigned. And it's a pity that this is a, a verbal podcast and it's not possible to show you things visually. But we will make sure in the show notes to give you an example of how a metro line, a metro map will look like. Well, it has been developed earlier on by, um, by Anne and Ingeborg and other colleagues in a prior project. And it attracted already a lot of attention and people found it very useful because of um, yeah, its, its, its visual language, enabling the engagement of patients with various levels of health literacy and also allowing multidisciplinary collaboration. So what it in fact does is that it visualizes the entire care trajectory as a metro line with colors indicating the different phases of the patient, like diagnosis and treatment with different colors. And uh, other layers of the metro mapping concern, for instance, the information that is needed in every treatment phase to make particular decisions. And it shows the persons involved in the care and the decision making. So it's, um, it's a line of a metro with different layers 
showing where decisions need to be made and what information is needed. And what we will do in our project is that we will further develop this methodology. We will integrate the decision support tools that Ida talked about, and we will evaluate it and implement it in care trajectories in the Netherlands, in Spain and in Denmark. Thank you, Judith. Can you tell us more about who is involved in the project and why? Sure. Yes. So our team is based in nine countries. Um, Austria, Belgium, Denmark, Germany, the Netherlands, Slovenia, Spain, Sweden and the UK. And it's a long list and it shows that these are countries with different healthcare systems and having different cultural differences in how people deal with communication and with decision making and with healthcare more in general. So that is a very useful, I think, a mix, mix of um, context that we will work in. Um, we have a lot of uh, researchers, clinicians, patients and patient organizations participating. So it's inter and intradisciplinary people from yeah, the data sciences, epidemiology, biostatistics. I already mentioned a whole list, but just making sure that it's also the humanities, yeah, ethics, philosophy, linguistics and people from health economics and implementation sciences. So really, this is a very um, yeah, interesting mix of people um, and we will build on and, and we will develop new collaborations. So that is also to many of us very exciting. And if you think about it to me, um, yeah, there are a few novel things in um, in, yeah, in the type of people involved. To me, the design perspective is very is very new. Um, so if you use a design lens and design methodologies in healthcare, that's called med design. Um, I think it's a good way to to have a good look at the system challenges in in uh, innovating healthcare, and also the tools that designer use. They will hopefully uh, support us in really um, uh, having the tools that we develop to be adopted in clinical practice. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited about that angle. Also, um, yeah, the, the project that Ida mentioned already, where the data scientists collaborate with social scientists and linguistic experts to look at uh, patient narratives um, and use AI methodologies to identify the metaphors that they that they talk about their cancer. I think that's a very a, a unique example of how interdisciplinary research takes shape in our project. And lastly, uh, and also a nice feature, I think, is our embedded ethics approach. So these are ethicists from the Technical University in Munich and Erasmus Medical Center, who will employ such an embedded ethics approach, which means that they will integrate ethical and social considerations into the entire project. Uh, so to make sure that really in the end we do not harm anyone and that we contribute to health equity and to achieve that they will um, join meetings of the, the work packages, visit the research teams and observe what they do and also come up with possible solutions when they, um, when they uh, uh, see some, some ethical issues um, in our project. So I think also that is a nice uh, example of, of our interdisciplinary approach. 
Yudif, thank you so much for that. So Anne, my next question is, what are you hoping to achieve from this project? Well, of course, lots. It's a huge project with all these collaborators, so we, we are expecting a lot from it. So hopefully uh, these dreams will come true. Um, first, I think we hope to show that metro mapping works in the three countries that uh, Judith just mentioned. Um, and of course, that it shows effects on the decision making process and outcomes. So we want to have an effect evaluation also. Um, we develop prediction models that hopefully will improve decisions, so better decisions for doctors and patients. And we hope that patients and doctors will be happy with the conversation tools um, that we develop using the AI methods. Important is that we hope to have all our tools open source available to the European healthcare and research communities. And finally, of course, we hope for a wonderful continuing European collaboration. Thank you, Anne. So this is all very exciting. So Ida, can you tell us what the next steps are for the project? Yeah, I'm happy to. So much is ongoing in all countries and all uh, teams. And uh, one of the key things is that design teams will be trained in the Mitro mapping methodology. So colleagues of Ingeborg Griffioul, they will organize this training and teams from Denmark and Spain and the Netherlands, they will meet later this month in Deventer in the Netherlands. And our embedded ethicists, they will attend the training too. Um, so wonderful step, I think. At the moment, we are recruiting patients and representatives for the PPI boards in eight countries. Uh, we are preparing a questionnaire study, both for patients and clinicians, also in eight countries. And uh, this, this involves uh, translating and uh, developing a questionnaire and then translating into Spanish, Danish, Dutch, Swedish, German and uh, Slovenian. And uh, we have just submitted our first uh, manuscript in which we describe the entire project. This is wonderful and very exciting. Well, Judith, Anne, Ida, thank you so much for your time and contributions. I wish you all the best success for this exciting project. So to everybody listening, thank you all for joining us for this podcast. We all hope it's been useful to provide some information about the project and our anticipated outcomes. For more information about this project, please visit the website, which is 4dpicture.eu, where you can find more about the project, the work packages involved, and information about the metro mapping. We will also include information about the project and the metro mapping in particular in the show notes, which will be available in this podcast. This podcast and future episodes of the 4D Picture podcast will be available in most places that you can access podcasts, such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and links will be provided on the website and social media. Thank you once again for your time.